The Birth Circle podcast features experts in all the nuanced areas of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with the aim of helping women make the choices that will keep them safe, healthy, and empowered. We respect all birth choices and believe in supporting informed consent and evidence-based practices. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. You should always seek the advice of a competent professional for your care. Welcome to the Birth Circle podcast. This is Sarah with The Birth Circle, and today I'm joined with Adriana Costello, and she is a childbirth educator here in Utah. And we're going to talk today about all of the different childbirth classes, all the different modalities, because some people think that taking a childbirth class is a childbirth class. It, it doesn't really matter. You know, the baby comes through the tube and boom, shebang. But there are actually a lot of differences between the modalities. So we're going to speak to what Adriana teaches and also some of the other options so that you can find the right childbirth class for your needs. Thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm so Um, excited to hear all about this. (laughs) Well, it's one of my passions and has been for the last 23 years, which I can't believe. Um, I've been teaching since my second baby was a baby, 10 months old, and she's 23 now. So crazy. That makes you ancient. In in the art of childbirth classing, teaching of the, yes, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I've been doing this for a while. I've been certified through the Bradley Method of Natural Childbirth um, for all but just a couple of those years. There was a little, I took a little break um, (laughs) and tried something else out and came back to Bradley. Um, But yeah, there are kind of an alphabet soup, um, many options for childbirth education out there. Um, And for as many options as there are, um, my belief, well, and it's borne out by um, research as well, that only about a quarter of first-time parents will take a childbirth education class. Really? It's that low? It's that low. Wait, what? Right. I mean, do people just assume the baby's going to come out? Right. Or they, yeah, babies come out, the doctor takes care of it. Uh, Mm. There's a lot of fear that surrounds childbirth. And I think some people might just kind of believe, you know, the more I know, the scarier it might be. Um, But actually what you don't know can very much hurt you when it comes to childbearing in the United States, which um, we don't have a very evidence-based maternity care system. So, What do you mean it will hurt uh, you? um, If you don't know that you can say no to certain procedures, that you don't have to be like induced just because you're 41 weeks, that Mm. um, you don't have to have your water broken, that you don't have to and have this an is IV all automatically. Stuff that you'd learn in a childbirth. This education is all class. stuff that, well, in well, in certain childbirth education classes, typically, hospital classes are not going to tell you that everything they do is not evidence based. Okay, so let's let's create like this genealogy of childbirth education classes because they're they're very different. So childbirth education is not a, an accredited type program. You don't you don't have a degree. It's not licensed. You're not licensed to be a teacher in the state of Utah. No, you do not have to license. So basically anyone can start a childbirth education course. Sure. Which is fine. Yes. There's lots of experience out there. And so um, because anybody can do it and it's not, you know, um, overseen by any type of educational. Like health department. Right, right. So there's going to be a lot of differences in the way things are taught. So basically, you know, if there's a baby... And there's a vagina and the baby comes out and how they explain that is going to be all across the board. So kind of give us like some ideas. So there's hospital birthing classes. What do they Mm -hmm. typically, what's in a hospital birthing class? What are they typically teaching teaching you? In general, a hospital birth class is um, basically kind of how to be a good patient. Mm. Um, This is what happens to you when you come in, you'll get your IV, we'll check your cervix via a vaginal exam. Yeah, just an introduction to the hospital experience. Right, right. Um, Which is perfect if if you're going in for a managed birth. Yes, if you're planning on like an epidural, 
um, if you're planning on kind of a typical, in quotes, um, American childbirth experience, which is heavily medicalized, um, mm-hmm. lots of technology managed. and intervention. I mm-hmm. like the word managed. It's, yep. yes, very managed. Um, lots of I know induction. I've had friends that say, you know, I don't really want to deal with it. I've got so much on my plate. I just right. want to go... And have a baby. And have a baby. And right. I want the doctor to take care of 100% of it. And right. and to, to her, that is a gourmet birth. And I'm like, all power to you. That, that is absolutely perfect. If that's what you know you want, then... My issue is, especially with a first-time birth giver, is how do you know that that's what you want? That's true. That's a good point. How do you know? And um, unconsciously, you've picked up birth... Um, attitudes Mm -hmm. from your family, friends, society, movies, movies. (laughs) Yes. Several come to mind. (laughs) I know. And birth is almost always terribly done in the media. It's, it's either overly dramatic and dangerous or ridiculously silly and, (laughs) you know, um, yeah. Mad dash to the, the hospital and the baby comes out five minutes later and just not realistic. So, I think childbirth education um, outside of a hospital where there's not so much like this is, you know, orienting you to what happens in the hospital, Mm -hmm. which um, two thirds of those things done in the hospital are non-evidence based. I believe that's according to the listening to mothers survey. Um, yeah, and each each hospital will have this, completely but, different yeah, policies. Yeah, so not all hospitals are created gonna, the same. Mm-hmm. Not all midwives, OBs, childbirth educators. Yeah, um, it can be tricky to find a good childbirth class for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cool thing is, it's like it's like buying a pair of shoes. Like you really have unlimited choices. Which you is, do, like you said, good and bad. You do, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so what are some it is of, good and bad. What are some of the other, like, I'm going to call modalities. Is that a good word? To, um, approaches, approaches, modalities, okay. camps. Um, camps. Now I'm trying <laughs> to think of a good word for that too. But I would put like... Um, Curriculums. Hip, curriculum, yeah, yeah. Or kind so of attitudes, philosophies. Philosophies. About birth. So give us some examples of some of them that are the so, most popular. Okay. So I would say going with the camps analogy that <laughs> Lamaze, the Bradley method, birthing from within, um, birth boot camp, those are all in the realm of this is going to be hard work. Oh, it's cool. going to hurt. Uh huh. And you can do it. I never, okay. So you're grouping them. That's very I'm cool. I'm kind okay. of grouping them. And so then, those are like, like we're going to hike to the top of the mountain and here's your coach type of. Yes. And okay. he, yes. And there's going to be some effort mm-hmm. and, or, you know, you, this may be the most physically challenging thing you've ever done. And here are some tools. And here are some tools. And here's and what to expect. here's what to expect. And here's mm. some information about all the um, complications, variations, interventions, when you need them, when you don't. And then also here's how labor works, here's how um, some pain coping techniques can work, and these here's are all how actually comfort measures. Pretty old modality, olds or classes. Mm-hmm. Like these were around when we were Well, birthing from born. within <laughs> right. was not. Um, Bradley Method's been around since 1965. Lamaze and Bradley were contemporaries. I think Lamaze is probably the best known yeah. um, kind of childbirth ed class and sometimes in the US. it's mocked because it's the <laughs> right except right? they've gotten away from that it's different but yeah that the 80s? <laughs> that's pretty pretty 80s yes see here i'm showing my ignorance no <laughs> it's in any class whether it's the camp i just kind of outlined or more like the hypno mm-hmm. um choices array of okay classes. so who's in the hypno camp so hypno babies hypno birthing i know there are, there was one called hip birth hyp birth i don't even know if they're still around but it's what more about, of like using i've heard sacred pregnancy which one is that um you know what i don't know but you're right that's one that i had forgotten about um sacred pregnancy i don't know if they use hypnosis or not mm. i don't think so um so they're in another camp maybe i i would put them maybe more 
like a birthing from within kind of a thing. Okay. With a little bit more of a spiritual Yeah, that's the one that I've always been intrigued component. by. Never, yeah. never known anyone to take their course, but I've been no, interested in hearing about yeah, it. Yeah, same here. Um, but yeah, we've got kind of the more hypnosis approach um, using like deep relaxation. Um, I know hypnobabies uses what they call medical hypnosis. I think... I'm, I may be getting that phrase wrong. Right, because if you want to know about a certain modality, go to a teacher that teaches Yes, them. We're go just to kind a teacher. Of, I'm, I'm a Bradley yeah, teacher. There we're kind are of reasons. giving an overview. I've stuck with mm-hmm. Bradley. I do believe it's the most comprehensive. It is a 12-week. Traditional Bradley classes are 12 weeks, and you don't get that long of a class um, with any of the other approaches. Um I think that um, the hypnosis, like scripts or relaxation um, methods, mm-hmm. can be very helpful as part of an entire toolbox mm-hmm. um, of childbirth education um, offerings. Um, I don't personally teach hypnosis in my Bradley classes, but we do talk about deep relaxation, a lot of breath work. And mm-hmm. breath work is going to be part of. Any class you take, also all childbirth education classes involve partners. Um, that's one of the more common questions I get. It's oh, like, that, so yeah, I never it, does about my that. partner have to come? Right. And I think being in this for so long, as birth workers, we kind of assume that everybody knows, well, yeah, you bring your partner and, you know. What about a single mom? I've had single moms. Um, I've had single moms on purpose. I've had moms whose partners are deployed, for example, or can only make a few classes because of a work or a school schedule, um, those moms often will bring um, a doula, a friend, family member, their own mother, um, stuff like that. So absolutely, childbirth ed is for everybody, whether you're partnered or not. Um, I do have a sense of... um, I don't know. This gets a little bit tricky. We're talking about childbirth education and how only a quarter of of pregnant people will take a childbirth ed class. I feel like there is an aspect of a little bit of privilege that comes with being able to take a class. Absolutely. Um, My classes are $400. Oh, I see what you say. So, and my demographic, I mean, we do live in Utah, which has a little bit more, a higher percentage of white people in Utah. But uh, I... It's just um, over the years, people will say, um, you know, I can't afford that. Oh, I see. But then mm. m- they probably spent more on a wedding dress than they would on... Oh, uh, don't even... <laughs> don't even get me The wedding analogy. Don't it's even like, get me you started. You have a baby coming through your yep. body. Yeah. No big deal. The cake is more important. Yeah. Right. The no, cake, I worked in the, the wedding dress, industry the, for oh, 10 years. And okay. so I, I love that analogy because I would go to these weddings and, and everything mm-hmm. to the to the nines, you know, and then 18 months later, she's not allowed to get a birthing gown. She's not allowed right. to take a birthing class. She's not allowed right. to have a doula because they because can't afford it. Because it's too expensive. It's, so we're going to yeah. cheap out on the birth, which will have a far more profound yep. effect on your life, yep. on your sense of self, we're on your parenting. Yes. And it's not, oh, I absolutely do not want birth commercialized like weddings are. That's absurd. No, I know. It's, it's the cultural acceptance and mm-hmm. support that we have for right. for um, people getting married versus people giving birth. Let's, let's, you know, bring some of that respect over. It's true. <laughs> well, and just valuing education when it comes to your body and your health care and your family I think often um, partners may not understand, like, we're going to spend how many weeks and how much money and what exactly. That's true. And especially if they don't understand their role. They Right. They don't understand their role. They don't know that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And over and over, year after year, um, and probably in every single childbirth class, there is a partner that has this mindset like I'm here to support her which is fabulous but whatever <laughs> but I don't get it but then yeah. by the end of my class then they're they're all they're in like there. my biggest fan mm-hmm. and they're like I had no idea I have had partners say I would have paid you double what you're charging and I had a hard time initially with what you were charging yeah. um partners that say 
we couldn't have done this without you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the ones doing the hard part. I just yeah. get to sit and talk about something I'm passionate about, which is bottom line. It's not about cute babies, although nope. that's a huge perk of my job. <laughs> it's and, a nice side benefit. <laughs> and I feel like the word empowering is so overused uh-huh. in, in our business, but um, my I'm in this to empower families yeah, to get evidence-based care, humane, respectful, safe maternity care yeah, and not have to be put through a system that, you know, actually doesn't have their best interests at heart. It's true. There's a huge conflict of interest. Yeah. So dare I, because I never speak in hyperbole ever, 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 right? (laughs) So do you think that a childbirth education class is the most important investment you could make? If you're going to make one investment. Oh, boy. I'm just kind of baiting Sure, you. <laughs> you are baiting me a little bit. I'm well, d- well doing what talking... I do, I'm so biased. Well, but I feel like it's mm-hmm. so important because I have seen people sign up for my class. And yes, we t- mentioned a little bit about that involving some privilege to afford my yeah. class in the first place. Um They'll change providers. They'll change hospitals. They'll hire a doula. They'll they'll change their so minds. So this ra- can radically change their path. yes, mm-hmm. radically change their path. Radically change their birth outcomes, how they feel about yes. giving birth, and I get to watch it like happen in front of my eyes. And which the is best so part gratifying has got to be watching the trauma not happen. Watching the trauma not happen. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, even though trauma can happen in what from the outside might look like an ideal situation, that's a whole other podcast nope, subject. Completely different. Right there. Yeah. Um, but I love it when a, a mom can come up to me and just say, you know what? I just had the most amazing birth and it's because I attended one of your events and I found mm-hmm. all these things and mm-hmm. I just like, you know, you you don't even right. know what you don't know. Right. And the fact that you don't even know what trauma looks like. To, yes. Right. Yes. That's what. <laughs> and I think a lot of, because I teach the Bradley method of natural childbirth, natural childbirth as a, a phrase is loaded. So people think, well, you have to want one to take a class oh, like that. Yeah. So how do you. So, and most, explain. I think most childbirth ed classes are kind of geared toward a more natural mm. or less interventive physiologic, yeah. like normal well, birth. Well, because the other, the other end would be a hospital birth class, which is going to tell you how right. to sit straight mm-hmm. for your epidural type thing. Which isn't really going to support you in getting a low intervention, you know. So basically all birthing classes are not the same. Absolutely not. Yeah. No. So I had an experience. This is why it's kind of fun to talk to you because um, I took a modality the first time mm-hmm. and had a very traumatic birth. And so mm-hmm. I thought maybe I didn't do it right. So I took it again, the second baby, and still had a kind of a, a little better, but still a pretty hard birth. Um, the third baby came just in a storm. I woke up in transition, pretty mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. I've had one of those. Yep. yep. And then the fourth baby, um, it again, didn't work. I was like, okay, I'm going to take it again. I took it from another teacher, the same modality from another teacher. I'm like, I'm going to get it. And it still didn't work mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, maybe I'm just broken. You know, you think after oh, four dear. births, yeah. you'd figure out it's not actually you. And what I've come to realize now that I'm so enlightened. <laughs> you're you're woke. So I'm birth. so woke. Enlightened. <laughs> um, is that I just picked the wrong modality for me. For There's you. nothing wrong with the modality I picked. Right. It just didn't work for me. Right. And I probably would have been better off in a Bradley class. Bradley's not what I took. Who knows? Who knows? But the idea that I could go to a class and go, hmm, Mm -hmm. maybe that doesn't fit with what I think my body how you know how my how mind, mind works. works right maybe i should try a different modality or calling teachers and say hey can i come to a sample class or do you have anything online of you teaching or just like mm-hmm. trying to figure out which modality because i was kind of in the the camp that well if it didn't work i did i, I was then it the was problem you that was i didn't try right. hard enough yeah i have big issues with that and a certain more modalities especially for first time parents um setting you up or kind of promising, you know, if you do this, this, and this, it won't hurt and you'll have this easy birth. Um, I have had four babies and I would consider my births to have been easy, but even easy births are not easy Mm -hmm. and they take a lot of work. A lot of work. (laughs) With like my second, third, and fourth babies as labor started, 
the thought went through my head like, oh man, I don't really want to do this right now because it's, you know, it's difficult. And and then you do it and you have a baby. Um, But promising easy or promising pain-free, and I know it really depends on the educator um, as to kind of how that's presented. Mm -hmm. Um, But then if you didn't get what was what you expected, like an easier, pain-free, um, painless birth, it it can really feel like it was your fault. Yeah. And regardless of what approach you take, regardless of what class you take, mm-hmm. um, there is a certain nitty-gritty, gnarly aspect to giving birth. Yeah. That even an epidural can't take away completely. Nope. This is primal. Mm-hmm. This is like the ultimate in what our bodies can do. Mm-hmm. And it can kind of kick your butt. <laughs> yep. At the same time, it can elevate you and um, just kind of blow your socks off. Yeah. On several and what levels. what it can do with your, your relationship with your partner. Your relationship with your partner, your relationship with to yourself. your own body, yeah. <laughs> your society. Your, mm-hmm. It's absolutely a rite of passage, which is what Birthing from Within talks about a lot, is that, that rite of passage. And probably Sacred Pregnancy talks about that too. Um, but it's just really important that believing you know, if I take a childbirth class, everything's going to be okay. Or if I hire a doula, everything's going to be okay. Or if I switch doctors, everything's going to be okay. Like birth is too unpredictable. Um, In general, 90% of the time, it's going to go off without a hitch. It's going to be straightforward. It's going to be low risk. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think setting your expectations really high... Um, well, can almost, be problematic. Yeah, it's almost like you you swing to fear in the other way, like yes. fear of the unknown. So then you get super educated, and you're like, "Hey, it's I've like, got this completely mm, my buttoned birth up. Must go. Uh, this I know way. exactly how it's going to happen. And then if it doesn't, then you're back in the same camp. You're like, back well, in the same the same spot, being uh, disappointed or yeah. feeling like you did something wrong or doing so the what coulda say, shoulda. Birth, you can never birth the wrong way. You can't. You I believe that women don't fail. I believe that people giving birth. Um, don't fail. The system can fail those people. Yeah. So it's just being educated about the system, about what is evidence-based. My favorite uh, website for birth is evidencebasedbirth.com. Mm-hmm. Love Rebecca Decker's work. Um, it just so that with the classes that I teach, they are so comprehensive as to include, you know, let's walk through a cesarean birth. Talking about it isn't going to make a cesarean happen, which is a comment Ooh. I've heard from <laughs> other modalities, you know, we're just going to assume that everything's going well. So we're mm-hmm. not going to talk about that stuff. But then if your birth kind of takes a little step off of oh, the normal I love path, that approach. you're not prepared. Yeah. Wh- because you nobody's teach about t- a car birth. Uh, we talk about, <laughs> we talk about like Where, emergency like childbirth or towels and mm-hmm, for have a towel birth. in your car. <laughs> A couple of old towels, sure, because absolutely birth can happen quickly and in a place you didn't plan. Mm -hmm. I find that that's typically like a second baby and not a first baby. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And sometimes I wonder, just talking about different approaches to childbirth, um, you know, I've had students who take my class with a first baby, they try a different modality with a second baby and feel like because that birth was shorter, they, they didn't push as long. That, that they attribute it to <laughs> the class that they took. I'm like, oh, well, no, that's like second baby stuff. Second baby stuff. thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. First but it could have for sure. 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 And maybe they found a class that worked for them, that clicked for them. Um, and kind of going back to what we were talking about, like finding a class that works for you. Um, sometimes the only class that's going to work for you is the one that's available on your night off. Yep. Or your partner doesn't have school that night, so you got to take that class. Um, There are times I've told people, you don't need my class, or my class isn't really right for you, and I'm happy to give referrals Mm -hmm. to other teachers of other approaches, um, you know, that that I know personally. Um, And now I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) Um, Well, so you go on 
12 weeks seems like a long time. Sorry. It is. I'm already is. feeling tired. So I know. It's... Kind of give me a breakdown because okay. I'm I'm hardcore birth, but 12 weeks seems like a You're lot. You're right. It's an so investment. Me... Uh-huh. It's a semester, basically a kind of a semester long class. But you're investing time and money into... So like, give me an outline, like a, week a one. A baby coming of... out of your body. So week one, <laughs> um, we introduce ourselves. We talk about nutrition and exercise. I show people um, different exercises, you know, kegels, squatting, pelvic tilt, stuff like that. Talk a little bit about nutrition. Um, that's kind of class one and two. Class three, we get into some anatomy, um, like just kind of basic... This is what the placenta is. It's mm-hmm. so interesting that a lot of people have misconceptions about I didn't the anatomy. My first birth, I didn't know there was a placenta following the baby. Right. Like that somehow got right. missed. A lot of people <laughs> think that the placenta is the uterus. Or yeah. Just, you know, we don't do a great job of sex ed. Or, you, you know, well, in I mean, our that was culture, a long time ago, right? <laughs> and what 13 year old can actually remember what a placenta, what a like, placenta is? Kind of out of it's that, true. You know? But if if it was a more open subject in general in our culture, it's true, you know, just talking about yeah. babies and how they get here and all that stuff. Anyway, um, week three, we start to bring up um, kind of some options and choices that you have in childbirth. We talk about ultrasound, electronic fetal monitor, circumcision. Um, bed rest, IVs, that, you know, there's just like a study guide. And we just kind of start to touch on some of these issues that um, can be kind of controversial in childbirth. Um, Weeks four and five, our classes four and five, we're talking about intro to first stage labor, intro to second stage labor. Um, Then we go into um, talking about epidurals and interventions, um, variations and complications. We do a review of first stage labor. It's amazing how much you forget, mm. you know, in just a few weeks. Um, I just have to interject that the the funniest births... Okay, sorry. I'm never laughing at births, but sometimes... I'll do births for birth professionals. Yeah. And they're the funniest because they're trying to analyze Mm -hmm. the entire time and like all their education goes out the door. So if you feel dumb that in first stage labor, you don't know you're in first stage labor, it's okay because I've I've attended the midwives, like several midwives' births, like actual midwives. And they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was that person (laughs) 10 years ago, the birth of my my fourth baby. (laughs) And I said out loud... In my living room, in the fishy pool where I was giving birth. Pool. It's like, I can preach it, but I can't practice it. Yep. Like, I was done. Yeah, uh, I had no, <laughs> my all my coping skills were gone. And, you know, I, it's, yeah. I've been teaching it for years. So, yeah, I get it. And yep. But that's also a sign of transition and that you really are almost yes, done. It's, it's almost so time true. to push this baby out. <laughs> but when you're in the middle of it, it's it's harder to see that. So... But even the acknowledgement that there was information that maybe you don't even remember anymore, that's still empowering because right. you at one point knew the information. Right, right. <laughs> yes. So, and also with my classes, we have a full class on breastfeeding. We talk about birth plans, postpartum, So newborn. what's a birth plan? Birth plans are, um, it's basically like a sheet of paper and you're writing down like in an ideal world, this is how mm-hmm. I would like things to go. Obviously, you can't plan a birth, and we can use the wedding analogy again with this. Um, you can plan a wedding, but that doesn't mean everything's going to go exactly as right. planned. But hopefully, the overall memory of the day is a good one, and there were no major disasters um, involving the wedding. Uh, <laughs> planning a birth is a lot less predictable than like planning For a wedding, sure. planning a big party, building a house, getting an education, whatever you want to compare it you know, big life events you want to compare it to. Um, you should, uh, yeah. And I've just the heard word plan I was gonna is say, I've problematic. Just heard birth plan, some, some, I've heard some providers really hate them because it, well, it locks the mom into a concept of ideal. Mm-hmm. And so how well, do you... Well, it can kind of set you up in an us versus them. Yeah. But isn't it sad that we have to write birth plans just to get I now going back to the wedding analogy. I have a plan in case my reception venue decides to start controlling my buffet. Right. right. <laughs> or they're in choosing case my the florist, music. Yeah, my florist starts telling the DJ yeah. what to do. I have a plan in place. <laughs> but unfortunately this happens in birth. Yeah. And the nurse may have an agenda that you don't, and it may not be a conscious agenda even to that nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it's unfortunate that we have to write plans saying... I thought that writing a plan was a very good activity for me. I did one the first time, but Mm -hmm. everything was ignored. Mm -hmm. Um, But that helped me recognize that that I had still wanted something that I didn't get. Mm -hmm. And so the second... I I wrote a birth plan for the second one. Again, it was still largely ignored. But I think the act of writing it... Made it so like when I didn't get what I wanted, mm-hmm. it made me feel like that that it was done to me that I wasn't right. broken. I don't know if right. there's a subtle, but it was subtlety like the in system that. and not yeah, like uh, we, w- delayed cord clamping was important to me. Right, and if it's again like I'm not saying delayed cord clamping is something everybody should do. You like you need to find out what is important to you. Do but for research. me, yeah. it was important. And my partner had decided it was important to him too. And so when the baby came out and was in distress, he put his hand on the midwife's hand and said, remember we talked about this? Wow. And she said- Good for him. Yeah. And she said, sorry, baby's in distress. Cut the cord, whisk the baby away. <gasps> he ended up in major major uh, distress and had some complications yeah. afterwards that I attribute to lack of cord blood. He was a, a right. lot fast, keeping... fast- baby or fast birth, mm-hmm. large, large baby. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't gotten his, his cord blood and I had some bleeding and anyway. And so just like, just knowing that my husband had put his hand and said, you know, had stood our ground yes. and we didn't get what yeah. we want, even though that, out, I don't know, it's somewhat well, empowering. You, Is that weird? Like no, we didn't get it, what we wanted, but. But you tried. We tried. And then kind of the system And then took it over. set me up for the next birth saying, I absolutely will not tolerate this this time. Right. And, and it I, may have helped yeah. your second baby to have that cord intact yeah. while he was being supported or stimulated or yep. whatever he needed yep. um, yeah. distress-wise at the So, birth. yeah, just, just knowing what you want and deciding. Right. But you don't know. You can't know what you want if you don't know what your options are. That's There's that That's Diana Court uh, quote. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. Mm-hmm. So if you have no idea what delayed cord clamping means or yep. or skin to skin or, or even, epidural versus what other pain relief. Even something as minor as a hospital gown. So for me, putting on a hospital gown is not traumatic because I actually like the smell of hotel linens. <laughs> like I, to me, it smells super clean and I don't mind a hospital gown. Right. Um, but there are some women that it feels like they're, you know, putting something on that somebody died in yesterday like right. it's just it's too clinical too clinical and it's actually yeah. traumatic to them right. so did do you know that you have a choice to have your own birthing to have gown your own and birth the gown hospital or your t-shirt can't. or a tank yeah. top and they don't you don't have to wear exactly. you don't have to get an IV you don't have exactly. to exactly so even putting in your birth the plan hospital immediately yeah i will wear my own birth gown yeah. like that's part of a birth plan yeah sure <laughs> Birth preferences, if we yeah. don't like the word plan. Oh, I like that. Um, I like that even better. Preferences. Yeah. yeah. So and by the of time... course, people are always amenable to intervention when it's medically necessary. And mm-hmm. when we talk about this when talking about birth plans in class, um, that, you know, if things kind of veer from normal, of course, you're going to accept intervention. Yeah. You just don't want it as par for the course, which is how America likes likes to do birth mm-hmm. is just interventions, you know, heavily managed mm-hmm. left and right. So it's really just educating yourself to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that having a baby in the hospital is protection, that having a certain care provider is protection. Um, but it's so documented. Mm-hmm. There's so much literature and research on... um lack of evidence for what happens to yeah. laboring people in our and, and hospitals. And so much depends on the provider in the hospital. The that, pol- and the after, I would say, after um, choosing a really good childbirth class, uh, we talk about this the first night of my class, is um, choosing your provider is like the most important thing you can do. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to convince a provider that has a 35% C-section rate that you don't need a C-section in wait, the Wait, what? You can't do that? Wait, wait. Okay. Let's spend some time <laughs> on there. How, yeah, I want to hear in your language how you teach a mom to pick a provider that matches her style. And again, does she even know her style yet? Exactly. Well, and as we go through class, I mean, obviously something has um, prompted, has um, encouraged this person to look into childbirth ed classes 
in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's already sitting in in my class. She's already shown me that she's interested in learning, that she realizes there's more to this than just a baby coming out a tube, um, <laughs> you know, and getting her epidural in the parking lot or whatever. Um, so in my language, um, choosing a provider, you know, asking those hard questions, what's your C-section rate? How do you feel about first time moms or whatever, not mm-hmm. having an epidural? Um, you, you know, what, when do you what's give your the episiotomy IV? rate? Yeah, How what, do you feel about standard IVs? Do you even know what an episiotomy mm-hmm. is? <laughs> right. What? Well, hopefully they don't, because that would be a good sign if they well, don't no, know the what mom. Epi- oh, the mom. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. We're yes. speaking all, all yes. sorts of terms. You say, I, I got an episiotomy. Yeah. But hopefully even just two people listening to this episode that are pregnant or planning to become pregnant, it's like we're throwing all these terms mm-hmm. around. Hopefully that's just an indicator that you need to find out your stuff because some of the things that happen during a birth can have lifelong physical Mm -hmm. ramifications. Um, And as we kind of go through the class, um, some of the questions, you know, really come up like, you know, ask your provider, what, what do, what do you do if I go to 41 weeks? Mm-hmm. And kind of based on that provider's answer, will give you a clue as to whether they're up on their research, their evidence, or are they reading their journals? Are they following ACOG guidelines? ACOG being the American Congress or college? I thought they changed it at one point. Anyway, <laughs> the group, but you know, American Congress yeah. of OBGYNs. Um, you know, are they following their guidelines? Which, if you actually follow ACOG guidelines, you're getting a pretty evidence-based birth. But yeah. They're, but you know, I have to give the doctors grace because they see what 30, 40, 50 pati- patients a day for hard. five to 10 minutes mm-hmm. each. How do they yep. have time to sit down and read journals? And the, they don't- I, it's true, it's very true. And they are overbooked, overworked, and their education. I mean, they're mm-hmm. when we're talking about OBGYNs, we're talking about people trained to do surgery, yeah. And um, so they're not, coming from a very different mindset. Not necessarily mm-hmm. trained in normal birth, which is what midwives specialize in, is normal, normal birth, birth and mm-hmm. how to risk people out. Like if they need an OB, oh, if they yeah. need a higher level of care. For sure. So I, you know, I have people take my classes that learn about midwives thinking that they're like a relic of the old west or <laughs> you know like midwives that's midwives that's witches thing, aren't they the thing? <laughs> I know like do they even have to go to school like don't you have to like yeah have a baby at home to have a midwife so uh, you know I've had people switch from OBs to midwives um just because they didn't know that that they was an option that it was a thing. so wow. it's, it's just there is such a vast umbrella covered by childbirth education classes. I mean, stuff people ask me about vaccines and co-sleeping and, you know, I'm like, okay, we can talk about this, but you have to do your research because I can't tell you what to do. I can't give you medical advice, um, which can be difficult because I I have some strong opinions regarding (laughs) certain things. I can't tell it all. Yeah. (laughs) You are not, yeah. But you know, as a as an educator, I have to let people make their own decisions yeah. and have their own because you're experience you seek to empower, right? So you I can just want to give you the opinions, info, but, mm-hmm. and I can give you the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like sitting in a room with other partners, mm-hmm. with other people in maybe um, from different backgrounds, asking questions mm-hmm. that they may not have thought of that don't pertain to them. Um, this is something you can't get from a book. It's something you can't get from a provider, from videos. Um, I know there are a lot of online childbirth ed classes, but I am extremely biased. I really feel like an like in-person, in-person ones. and yes, yeah. investing the time and the money. Well, yeah. And then you feel into also an eight to 12 week class. Community. You can feel. Community. Oh yeah. my gosh. That is one of the, fa- I just got goosebumps. One of my favorite mm-hmm. parts of doing what I do is watching people form community and still being friends with people who met their best friend in my childbirth class who are raising their kids together. I just finished a class um, this last spring and it was seven couples and they all got each other's 
um, mm-hmm. phone numbers. Mm-hmm. They started these group texts, and they have supported each other through postpartum. Oh my gosh, through, that's magic. You know, one baby had to go to the NICU, and a couple babies maybe, and one baby came a little bit early, and they're taking meals to each other. And oh my gosh. They got shirts made that say like, <laughs> oh, Mom Squad, you know, and I have, awesome. I have friends that like 15 years ago took my class. And met each other and are best friends to this day. Wow. So the community is so important. And I think it really normalizes, especially for partners that are male. Like, it's okay to sit here in a class every week with your partner Mm -hmm. and talk about birth stuff. And I can't tell you how many emails and texts I get from the women that will say, my partner was so against this Mm -hmm. and did not understand why we, we were doing this. And is so grateful for your class. I'm like, yeah. can I can I put that on a, as yeah. a testimonial on my website? So that yeah. is just so heartwarming and so gratifying. Um, you know, trying to make a class fun and engaging, and honestly, kind of assuming that most partners aren't going to read the book that comes with the class. <laughs> if we're just real honest, if it's just osmosis, they come to the class. And I always think that the the way we enact change, the most effective change, is not by lobbying the tops of the hospitals and the and Capitol Hill. We can't go to these big hospitals and demand delayed cord clamping or demand this or demand that. They'll just be like, whatever, we get to do what we want. But I say, if we got 10,000 moms next yes. year, go to the local hospital. Absolutely. It's a major regional medical center here right next door to us yes. right now. Um, and they all said, I would like to delayed cord clamping, please. Mm-hmm. And I've done, this is the research I've done, and I've decided that this is important right. to me. right. Doctors are going to take notice. And they do. And nurses will take notice. Yes. And it will trickle up to hospital. It's grassroots. And they will change it's consumer-driven. Their policies. Absolutely. Yep. Because if they no longer feel feel like they are practicing defensive medicine, right. if they feel like this is what their, their uh, customers, right. patients, yes. want, then they are going to want to change. And I've had an OB tell me that the whole culture of his practice changed as new ideas were brought as, as one of them started changing the way he practiced, the rest of them kind of followed suit. That gives me goosebumps. Moms want to follow that type of behavior. And so he all of a sudden had more patience than the rest of them did. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of, you know, took an ego hit. (laughs) Evidence-based and, and, um, giving his clients, customers, mm-hmm. patients, what they wanted. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, if it's evidence-based, bonus. But it can change can happen just from parents, like every time they go in for a visit, making a copy of a journal article. Yeah. Or saying, look, I found this link. Can I share it with you? Yeah. You know, some kind of peer-reviewed journal article. Mm-hmm. And I hear stories all the time, you know, practitioners that will look something up on their phone right then and there. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. What was it? I probably heard it on another, like, I read it or something. But yeah, a practitioner who looked it up right there and said, oh, we can wait till this week to... There was some kind of medical reason for induction. Uh Uh-huh. And the mom wanted to wait. And the practitioner said, no, we can't. And And they had this discussion and and she pulled it up and she's like, oh, it's changed. And this is not arguing with your provider. No, it's It's like, have you seen this If I were building a house and the contractor were doing the plumbing wrong, like I would go up and say, "Um, so you you wired that or you plumbed that a little weird. Can we maybe not because my vanity that will fit funk. Can mm-hmm. we not? Right. And he'll be like, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. But we also so, can't all be plumbing experts or electricity. Yeah. No, no. But, but me going to the the contractor and say, oh, yeah, so please, I got this vanity. It's it's this size. Can we move the, you know, can we do the plumbing to accommodate this vanity? Right. If it can be accommodated, then why would he feel offended that I asked him? Right. So exactly. the same with the doctor. Like if it could be accommodated. Why would he be offended if I asked him for something? Right. And and don't you want to be a provider that is providing evidence-based care? Mm-hmm. And you're building so, your house. The contractor works for you. You're right. making a baby. Right. The doctor works for you. Exactly. I mean. Well, and I think with healthcare, a lot of people view consuming healthcare services differently than like going to buy a TV. Um, they feel like these doctors, midwives... You can't question them. You can't question them. They have this highly specialized knowledge. They went to all this school. Then they, you know, they know. And I remember with my first pregnancy, 
believing that everything that was done must be in the best interest of mom and baby because because they're doing it. Mm-hmm. It it exists. It's done this way because it's the right way. And then the more I educated myself, the more reading I did, um, I was one of those moms like seeking out a childbirth education class. I called the hospital looking for a Bradley method of natural childbirth class. And they laughed at me. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't know that I didn't know. Yeah. That I was asking such a funny question <laughs> as to, you know, take a natural childbirth class in their hospital. Um, but so, yeah, just knowing, knowing what your options are. Yeah. So, so empowering, so important. Okay. So um, if a mom wants to, where does she start to find a, um, a childbirth education well, class. Google Where did she start? is fabulous. Google, okay. So just you know, childbirth ed near Child, me, near me, okay. Um, and just finding call the names, call the instructors, find the contact info, send them an, an email. Um, I find talking voice to voice. Like if somebody calls me, we can spend 15 minutes on the phone. They can ask me questions about my birth philosophy, about my experience, about my approach. What's the Bradley method? How is it different so from So even just that 15 minute conversation, they're probably going to yes. learn a ton. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and I do have a video out there on YouTube um, where people that I will sometimes refer people to, like if you want to get a sense of my personality, a sense of my style, and an overview of the Bradley method, yeah. check out this YouTube video. It's on my website, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you know, if, and you kind of want to, you know, first research what draws you. Like, does hypnobirthing just really fascinate you? Does that seem like something that really fits with your mm-hmm. style as a person or... Um, I think referrals from friends are huge. A lot of my clientele is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, we really enjoyed this class. Um, you should check it out. Uh, even if you're planning on an epidural, you should check out this class. You know, just know your options. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anymore, it's like start with Google. Start I guess. with Google. And then how much do they generally cost? Because... I've heard them as low as like 125. Right. I I think it really depends on the teacher, on your geographic area, mm-hmm. on um the the course that you're taking. Um I know you know if you do like a private class, like just kind of a one-off class, that's probably going to be cheaper Whoa. than a one-on-one? One-on-one, yeah. Which um, some people offer. Some doulas will even oh, that's like, do a, good a little point. childbirth I ed session. Y- but sometimes I, the, they'll do a little bit of education. offer that as part of their service. Yeah. But I talked to one of my dear friends is a doula. Well, she's not anymore, but moving on. Um, she said that in her experience, her doula clients that take a childbirth ed class do so much better mm-hmm. just because... They're educated. Um, they're not as scared. Yep. They know that this is going to involve some physical um, so it's work. So it's funny because uh, in my pricing, I actually offer a discount if my clients have taken a childbirth education class because um, selfishly, it's easier on me. It makes your job easier. <laughs> and that's what she so said you too. Would think, you would think that... Uh, a lot of providers would get on this bandwagon and the doctors would start requiring their patients to right. take childbirth education right. classes because then it makes it really makes their life easier. It does. And I get that from birth workers, midwives, birth assistants, doulas. Um, and doulas can like come sit in on my class. They can audit my class um, just so they're kind of on board with yeah. what their clients are Oh, that's learning. true. If you've got a doula... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. You might want to look for a doula that understands the modality of the class you you pick. Right. Yes. And then one thing I wanted to squeeze in here that the um again to talk about the empowerment of the partner. Um, what I've I've huge, seen magic happen huge. with a, a very educated couple because um I and I tell people you can hire a doula, but the doula some people worry about a doula taking away their partner's job. Right. And I say it's it's not. The, no, the no. harder, the stronger your support person, your partner, whether it's your mom or your girlfriend, boyfriend, mm-hmm. whatever it is, whatever they put 
forward to support you, the mm-hmm. doula can match it on the yes. other side equally. Doulas support partners. Mm-hmm. They support yep. that birthing couple. And just taking away the fear. I think so many partners have that fear of, you know, what's she going to be going through and how can I help? And instead of just being like kind of stuck in the corner watching it all unfold, they can actively participate. And often legally, they're the only ones that can speak for Yes. Oh, that's a good, that's a huge point. Say it again. (laughs) A doula cannot speak for you to the doctor. A mom can't speak to, but really it's, it's the birth partner. The partner partner can, Mm -hmm. can interface legally with the, the hospital, the birth center, the home birth, the birth team, basically where others legally cannot. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, a lot of people think hiring a doula, they're hiring a baseball bat. Nope. Nope, that, they, that is out of the scope, scope of practice. Yes. But if your partner knows what what yeah. you as a couple and if you're, want, I mean, I guess you'd have to be legally married. I don't know all the legalities. I, I know. Let's explore that for a minute. I think I think that they'll look to the father, whether they're yes, married or not. So the father of the, right. I think like if you're a single mom and you bring your mom in, I think it's a little bit more difficult to have your mom have a legal right. say. But I think unless it's, you've signed something a, or something, I think that it's could a be something. But you know, that's exploring. a conversation with your provider mm-hmm. and just say, "This mm-hmm. is my legal representative," and right. like the whole HIPAA thing. Right. But I know that yeah, the doctor, the the hospital gets really irritated when somebody not yes. of um, authority starts speaking yes. up. And it's just, I quite frankly get irritated too, because it's like, hey, let the couple speak, like let the mom speak. Or you speak to the couple and then mm -hmm. like, well, like your story about your husband putting his hand on the midwife's hand about the cord clamping, had a doula done that? Oh, she Uh -uh. would have been thrown out. Yeah. Yeah. So only Mm -hmm. your partner could legally do that. Yep. So yeah, but just learning like through a childbirth ed class, what a doula is when you really need one Mm -hmm. and how to be supportive in whatever environment you've chosen to give birth. So you're not just like, oh my gosh, the birth is happening. I don't know what to do. Yeah. You're not going to be able to help her. Yeah. If you're freaking out yourself. Yes. (laughs) So funny. And then, and then we, I just see the movies in my head of this freaking out partner. uh, Well, yes. Adriana, thank you so much for all this information. Um, If people want to learn more about you, even though you do only teach live classes, but if they do want to just like touch base with you and because you are the guru of the... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been doing this a while. So... (laughs) How do they find you? Well, you can Google me, Adriana Costello. I have a website, sweetpbirthclasses.com. And um, I'm at adriana.advocates at gmail.com. Perfect. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. And thank you to LaunchPod Media, who produces these podcasts.